we're going to explore a theme this term. The reason it's me again is because I'm the one that's most prepared to prepare last minute of everybody's, not because I necessarily have any answers for anything. So, but anyway, um, this term, we wanted to um, explore this question. What does it mean to be followers of Jesus, to love and be loved by God and neighbour in Luton at this particular moment in time? And some of the themes uh, that we think we're going to be exploring in that. What does it mean to be loved by God in these days? What does it mean to love God, to love our neighbours, to love our nation, to love our earth, um, and to love the whole earth of all nations? Um, the way we're going to do that is in this rhythm we're going to be doing monthly. We'll have a short talk, I do hope it's short, because um, we don't have loads of time this morning, and then on the, when we're together in Butte Mills, and then when we go into, when we're in smaller groups, we have a bit more time to talk next Sunday in that part of the cycle. We'll have some kind of materials to talk about and more questions. And then probably when we do our church in the wild kind of thing, uh, we'll, some of the themes that, we're there, uh, that are gonna kind of be woven through that month will all fit together. That's the idea anyway. We'll see where it goes. We're really, um, we'd be really keen to have more people involved as well in coming up here and doing this talky thing. So, if do please come, you can come and talk to me or to Gree or Lucy or Jamie, although he's locked in this house at the moment, or Laura, if you come across any of us in your normal lives, um, to, to do that as well. So, yeah, just to kick us off, we're going to so we'll split this over this week and next week. I'm going to do a bit of story now and a, and a little bit of, of talking about why this story, and then we're going we're gonna to delve deeper into those stories next week when we've got more space. Um, but I wanted to talk about the stories of, well, mainly of Peter, but also just contrast him with Judas and then have a little think about our expectations of God and who he is. I'm actually probably going to spend most of my time reading uh, the Bible to us and then we'll have some questions and then just do like a little bit of explanation around that. Um, and so I've got these big nets, these little bits um, from the Gospels. So just kind of try and explicate the story of uh, Peter and Judas. Peter and Judas, of course, were uh, two of Jesus' disciples who travelled with him, saw all the amazing things that he did, um, all with him around the time of his death. And uh, Peter lived long enough to see Jesus when uh, he'd been resurrected, but Judas didn't, and we'll talk about that. Um, just this first little bit is it's a really famous story. It's where Peter identifies Jesus as the Messiah in one breath, and then in the next breath he's being rebuked uh, by Jesus as him <laughs> telling him to get behind him with Satan. So, yeah, Mark 8, 27 to 33. Jesus went on with his disciples to the village of Caesarea Philippi, and on the way he asked his disciples, uh, Who do people say that I am? And they answered him, some say John the Baptist, and others Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. And he asked them, but who do you say I am? And Peter answered, you are the Messiah. And then Jesus sternly ordered them not to tell anybody about this. Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly to them, and Peter took him aside, and he began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, Jesus rebuked Peter and said, 
get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. I just, there's lots of stuff going on um, in this passage, but I just want to highlight one thing, that Jesus, Peter has this incredible revelation of who Jesus is, that Jesus is the hope of Israel, the expected Messiah who would come restore God's kingdom, probably kick out the Romans, that under, under his kingship then, that Israel would come to bring peace and justice to the whole earth. So Peter has this realisation that Jesus is this long, hopeful Messiah figure. But then the next breath of that revelation is him rebuking Jesus and saying, actually, the other things you're saying, I don't, I don't really like them. And I think that just the, the thing I just want to pull out here is that what happened there is that Peter had certain expectations. And so when his expectations came into conversation with the revelation that he had, he ended up having a go with Jesus. And Jesus is then like, no, get behind me, Satan. Because actually the revelation that he had had was about the future. It wasn't about the expectations that he had brought um, in from the past. The next little story in uh, Peter's life, again, well, they're all famous, these ones, so, is, is in Luke 22, and it's um, after Jesus has been arrested. Uh, then they seized Jesus, and they led him away, bringing him to the high priest's house. But Peter was following at a distance. When they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Pete, Peter sat among them. And a servant girl, seeing him in the firelight, stared at him and said, this man also was with Jesus. But Peter denied it, saying, Woman, I do not know him. A little later, someone else, on seeing him, said, You also uh, are one of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. Then, about an hour later, yet another kept insisting, Surely this man also was with him, for he is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you were talking about. At that moment, while he was still speaking, the cock crowed. The Lord turned and looked at Peter, and Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, before the cock crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and he wept bitterly. And then a bit from uh, Matthew, the story of Judas. When morning came, all the chief priests and the elders of the people conferred together against Jesus in order to bring about his death. They bound him and led him away and handed him over to Pontius Pilate, the governor. When Judas, his betrayer, saw that Jesus was condemned in this way, he repented and he brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders. And he said, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. But they said, what is that to us? You must see to it yourself. So throwing down the pieces of silver in the temple, he departed and he went and hanged himself. Um, there's this really simple story about Judas that I think we're told where he's just like a bad egg. He's like a bad guy. You know, we know he, we know he was obsessed with money uh, to the point where they called him a thief. And that Jesus knew that he was going to betray him. He's just like... And I think in that story, his, his intention of leading the chief priests to Jesus was to get, get him killed. Perhaps because he was disappointed with him, perhaps just for the money, whatever else that... Uh, Judas was bad. 
and then some senses to my name stuff sort of deserved it right because of what you've done um but i think there's a i think there's a different story here and i think it's actually quite similar to what's going on with peter that um he had had a judas, judas had had a revelation of who jesus was that he was the messiah but his expectations of a messiah were was somebody who was going to conquer. So somebody who would throw out, throw out all the corrupt chief priests, would put the Romans to the sword and would set up an earthly kingdom uh, in which the law was done, the temple was cleansed, so on and so forth. And I think potentially that what Judas was actually trying to do was engineer a confrontation between the powers, the chief priests and the Romans, and Jesus, who he believed was the Messiah and was powerful and had seen do amazing things. And actually, um, when then he saw that Jesus was condemned and was dragged off to be killed in the, the situation that he had engineered <laughs> gone wrong, he repented, right? It's really well. There's all stuff around money in Jesus as well. It's really interesting that right at the end, he seems to be freed from his obsession with the money, he throws it back in the, the temple. Um, well, just the contrast here, both Judas and Peter had betrayed Jesus there. And actually, I think maybe <laughs> Judas's was the more high-minded betrayal in the sense that his expectations of Jesus were such that it led him to say, right, well, what a the situation. And really the only difference, well, perhaps actually that Peter kind of just being more of a coward between the two of them, uh, was that Peter held on longer to see Jesus rise again and for to have um, a reconciliation with him. So I'll just read that here as well. This is in John 21. Uh, when they finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? I think he's talking about the fish there that they've just eaten. He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I'm, I'm serious. You, let, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And then Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter felt hurt because he said it to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and to go wherever you wished. But when you've grown old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten the belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. After this, he said to him, follow me. That little, the little symbolism of the three is obviously set against the, the denial that um, Peter makes the three times. And in the, in the kind of arc of the story, it's the point where Jesus <laughs> reconciles the expectations that, that Peter had had going into those events um, and transforms them. And it's in that kind of time of moment of forgiveness in, in Peter's life that he gets to, because Jesus says to Peter right at the beginning of the story, Peter, follow me. He says it right here as well, that it's actually Peter being commissioned into a new work of reconciliation. 
Um, the final bit, I'm not actually going to read it back to you because it's really long, but I'll try and sort of give you the story. So there's a guy called Cornelius who is a Roman centurion, not, not Jewish, so part of the, the um, Roman uh, state system. And an angel appears to him and he basically tells him to go and find Simon Peter. And so he dispatches two of his slaves and one of his soldiers, being a very powerful man, to go and see Peter. Peter, meanwhile, is hungry and he's gone up onto the roof and he falls into a trance. So hungry, he falls into a trance and he sees this vision of like all of these unclean animals on a blanket. Uh, and a voice says, uh, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. And he's like, Surely not, Lord. Surely I wouldn't do that. I've never done um, anything unclean like that. And the voice says, you know, don't call anything on. That's right, the end. So then it happens again, a second time, and then it happens a third time. Really trying to pay attention, Peter, something's happening three times. And then on the third time, the voice says, don't call anything unclean that God calls clean. But it's at that point that the little force from Cornelius arrives. Peter goes with them to Cornelius's house and there I think there are, there are um, two kind of conversion or reconciling experiences so one is Cornelius obviously in his household so they get to meet Jesus and they're the first Gentiles that, that sort of Jews and that happens to and they're baptized in the spirit and they're baptized in the water but I think there's another reconciling story going on there as well which is um Peter being reconciled to the, to the world and taking away the, the kind of barriers that his religion had put in the way there. And I guess another place, perhaps this time where Peter is actually more open to his expectations, his surely not Lord, I would never touch anything that was unclean, his expectations being challenged and changed by the miraculous events, obviously, but also by his experience with Jesus. Great. So that's those stories and kind of those ideas. We'll explore some more together next week with some more material in a bit more depth. So my questions, did you like any bits of the story and did you relate to any of the characters, Judas? What expectations do you have of who God is and what he should do that have been challenged? And then listening to one another talk, what do you think Jesus might be saying to you and others? So 